Hello there and welcome to the Backball Podcast. It's uh, episode 78 and uh, I'm here with Jimmy Groves who is a good friend and uh, also someone that I work alongside and worked alongside today which was a, a great shift. But we're not here to talk about work. We're not here. He's got a beer, I've got a pineapple juice and we're here to talk about football. Now it's not something that I actually talk about a lot here surprisingly even though I'm a football fan. Um, but we are going to be talking football today. So first of all, welcome to the podcast, Jim. Thank you, Jeremy. It's Thank good to you, have Jeremy. you on. Now we've just had the uh, the best start to podcast. We've tried, we've tried three different photos for the the cover photo, and uh, and they were very interesting results. So they yeah. were. Yeah, I'm blaming your camera on that one. He's, yeah, he's yeah. blaming my camera on that yeah. one. So my camera didn't do Jim any justice. Absolutely actually, not. Absolutely to be fair. Not. So unlucky, but never mind. But we're here to talk about football. So. Tell me your interest in football. When did you kind of get interested in football? What? So my interest started at a young age. I was always brought up around football. You know, my dad was a big fan. My dad was a West Ham fan to start with. And yeah, yeah. And I supported Arsenal. So that's how it went from there. Wow. So yeah. yeah. I never actually knew that. Yeah. My dad had trials for QPR, actually. Yeah. I think everyone had trials in them days. So yeah, that's what he claimed. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. And, and yeah. the reason I'm, I'm laughing at that is because... <laughs> My dad doesn't look like the footballing type. But yeah, I, I he could play. He football. could play. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Where, yeah. What, what was his position? I have to think it was goalie, but it probably wasn't. No, no. He was a, he was a midfield general. Apparently. No, apparently, apparently, apparently. Apparently. A midfield general, seriously? Yeah, according to him. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So for what? So was he just always that, or was he a, a goalkeeper? He's got a goalkeeper at some point. <laughs> no, no, never a goalkeeper. Never a goalkeeper. Yeah. Wow. But so, I think back in the six, I mean, sixties, seventies, I think everyone's dad was having trials everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, I must admit, it's harder to have trials now. There's no mm. chance you can even get trials these days, which yeah. is, which is a weird thought actually, because I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of kids that like playing football, but it's quite. It's quite difficult, you know, from a grassroots level. I'm guessing, did you play grassroots? Were you playing at a grassroots level? The only football I ever did was five-a-side, really. I see. Yeah, mm. only five-a-side, yeah. So yeah. even even at grassroots or, you know, whatever you play, it's like everybody wants to be in an academy. And they'll tell you they yeah, don't, yeah. but they yeah. do. Um, a lot of people do. I mean, I play football because I enjoy it, but there's always that thing in my mind of, Oh, could you just imagine if mm. I actually did go pro or semi-pro? Or, Absolutely. You know, yeah, great yeah. to be paid yeah. for what you like to do. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, but obviously, a lot of, I mean, every single player has to start somewhere. Some people that are in the worst leagues now will soon mm. be in the premiership one day. That yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. And depending on how hard you work, etc. Um, so tell me kind of what, what are you? Th- what do you think about the world of football now? Because obviously it has changed since the sixties quite a, a significant amount. Well, absolutely. I mean, football is extremely money dependent now, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we look at. I mean, our topic today is going to be mainly on Manu and Arsenal mm. and their, you know, fall from grace pretty much in terms of they're not a superpower anymore. Football changes all the time. You know, teams have good spells, they have bad spells, but at the minute, especially Man United, they're in an awful position. And it's like, where do they go from here? It's, you know, I don't know. Obviously, they've changed manager. So, yeah. what's going to happen next? It's the, it's the culture, isn't it? it is, and it's something that is said all the time about the culture and how the team is um, is working in regards to teamwork and stuff. How do they view each other? You know, Because at the end of the day, from what I can see, 
I just see a group of individuals. I don't see a team. Absolutely. There's no team there at all at the minute. They are all egotistical individuals. Yeah, definitely. And I think Roy Keane actually summed it up perfectly. It's like, you can't trust these group of players. They're selfish. All they care about is what they're getting. They don't put anything into the team. Hmm. So I think Ten Hag is going to be coming in and he's got a massive job on his hands. And yeah. I hope United give him the time to actually sort stuff out because... I mean, their history of you get a manager in, you sack them very quickly. They don't have time to actually build a team that they want. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. <clears throat> it's because I think it's the commercial demand that doesn't allow them to um, have the time in order to build that team because they don't yeah. want to wait six years because they haven't got... They know that that brand will be tarnished. Well, that's it. And, and who's buying these players? Because I don't think... I mean, I'm sure the manager puts forward a list of players that they want... But are they getting those players in? I mean, United have probably spent, I don't know, in excess of a billion pounds since mm. Ferguson left. And they've achieved nothing. They've literally gone back to, we're going to have to start again. So they're already six, seven years behind Man City now. Yeah. So it's going to be a massive catch-up for them. But it's important that, you know, because I know I don't like Man City. I've always been, in terms of the Premier League, half my family is Man United, half Forest. And I've always been mostly yeah. Forest. But... Man U still has some, means something to me. Um, but it seems as though people like to just go, well, Man City have spent loads of money and they've got loads of... They've they, spent they, money. They, they, they've spent money, but they've spent sensibly. They've bought yeah. the right players in in the right position. They've got a world-class manager who knows what he's doing. And he's also got a world-class set of backroom staff as well, mm. which United definitely don't have. And they need to clear them out as well. Ten Hag needs to come in with a clean slate. He needs to bring his own people in. Yeah, He needs to get rid of people like... I don't know what Darren Fletcher's doing there in the minute. But he seems to be whispering stuff into Ragnick's ear all the time. Telling him what to do. So, I don't know. It's It seems pretty clueless right there at the minute. But, it's, I mean, there's so many good coaches out there in the world. I mean, you know, obviously a lot of managers started as coaches. But... I don't think Darren Fletcher really has that much experience as a coach, so I don't get what no. the appeal of signing, oh, you used to play for the club, so let's just have you anyway. Yeah. It's like, well, what? you don't owe them anything now. No. They played for you. Exactly. You know, and what? it was the same under Ollie. I mean, Ollie had all his friends in, and he had he definitely had like his favourite players who are still there now. It's like you look at people like, I don't know, Rashford, Lingard, do you know what I mean? It's like they're still there. Why are these players still there? Like Phil Jones. I saw. I was watching the. I was watching the Man U Chelsea match the other night, and Phil Jones comes on in the seventieth minute, and I'm thinking, what are you still doing there? Like you've been injured for four years. It's like you should have been off their books ages ago. It's. But it's one of those things where they just keep it. It's like keeping old trophies. They don't matter now. Mm. You know. I mean, obviously. Don't get me wrong, you should preserve history and whatever, but Phil Jones is not bloody history. No, he's not. The only history he's got is when he came in with those pink boots. That's all he's got. (laughs) Or when he tried to do that head of tackle. Yeah. He's like, oh, God. He's for the memes. He's for the meme culture. He is for the meme culture, Phil Jones. But it's unfortunate that Man United's become a club where people now laugh at them. Whereas They're now called called a banter club in my eyes. It's like Arsenal used to be a banter club. We probably still are, but... Man, you are the ultimate banter club now. And it's and a it's, shame. It is a shame. I mean, it's like I don't have one bit of sympathy for Man United, but I feel sorry for the fans in terms of the fact that they're spending a lot of money to go and watch terrible football each week. Mm. 
it's it's bad, very very bad. A world class stadium. You've got fairly rich owners as well. I mean, for me, yeah. the owners aren't doing enough because it's not no. just about how you're in. Because it's okay, people going. Well, you can't blame it on the owners. They've invested a billion, but it's like, well, how have they spent that? They've invested it very badly. I mean, how Extreme can you tell problem. me that? People like clubs like Liverpool, they're spending thirty million pounds on a player like Luis Diaz, who is probably now worth yeah. about eighty million. Yeah, how Absolutely. can you tell me that it's about recruitment and doing it sensibly? That's it. I heard someone say the other day about you should never spend more than like 80, 80 million pounds on a defender. Well, Liverpool got Virgil Van Dijk. He's turned out all right. Mm. Man United got Harry Maguire. It says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. So, but they, they they bought him based off that World Cup, in my opinion. I mean, I think he did all right I mean, for Leicester. Yeah. But... I mean, yeah, he was all right at Leicester, but he's been an absolute liability for Manchester United, and he is not a captain in my eyes. He's 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 clueless on the pitch, absolutely clueless. Do you see what he said in that press conference? He was saying something about, um, oh, we're not here to stop Liverpool doing the the quadruple or the treble or whatever. It wasn't. I'm like, yeah. What do you mean? Of course, that you want to stop that. That's it. Absolutely. Because if yeah. you can win and stop that, then that is what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. What Man United players ever said they don't want to stop living exactly, yeah. something? Exactly, exactly. I think he came out in one interview before and said, I must be doing something right because I'm getting picked every week. It's just, if that's your attitude, then it's it's shocking. Absolutely shocking. If you don't know what you're doing wrong, then yeah. there's a problem. Because I know that when I play... I'll say to my manager at half-time, right, what do you want me to do? This is what I think I've done wrong. And he'll say, yeah, you've done that wrong, but I don't agree that you've done that wrong. I think you're okay in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And then and then you build off that. Whereas this guy's just thinking, I'm one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive defender in the world. I think Virgil was 75 minutes. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah. I'm the most expensive defender in the world. Yeah. What, nobody can... I'm the best. Nobody can touch me. And it's like, well... You're terrible. Yeah, you, yeah. And if you're the captain and you're terrible, then what kind of example does that show to everyone else? Exactly. Not a very good one. No. And and the problem is now is for Man United is offloading all these players. You've got Pogba who's going yeah, for a free. Absolutely. Maguire, you're probably going to get. I'd say thirty four, maybe maybe at more best, than that. At thirty best. million at best, really. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to get rid of players like Phil Jones. I think Tellers will probably leave. Tellers will leave. I mean, you think Matter and Matic are coming to the end of their contract. And to be fair, I mean, at least Matter and Matic, they have some heart. I mean, they come on, they play, there's some desire there. But again, they're both mid 30s. It's like their time at United should have been gone years ago. Oh, and they're still on hundreds of thousands. Absolutely. I'm sure between them, I think they're on like 400 grand a week between them both. So, yeah. And that's just like that's just a couple of players. And then if we go like deeper, we're talking like Fernandez, who has been absolutely abysmal this season for United. Like, mm. where's his form gone? Like, and Rashford, who is well, it looks like his head's gone. So I don't know what it is with Rashford. I don't know if he's fallen out of love with football or with Man United. I it's can't probably really a combination tell. of both. I think he doesn't like Ragnick. Clearly, he doesn't like the tactics that Ragnick's setting. He's not listening to them by the sounds no. of it. So. What do you do with a player like that? It's difficult. It is, and I'm starting to question back now. Obviously, we all knew Ragnick was going to be temporary. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't like the idea of an interim manager. It doesn't no, really make sense. No. To and me. the thing is, like Ragnick, I think Ragnick came out and said that you know players weren't listening to his instructions. So it, that says a lot as well, doesn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean, players not listening to instructions. I don't remember ever hearing a manager come out to a press conference and actually yeah, say yeah, that's happening. Yeah, you'd try and cover it up, wouldn't you? But, you know, Rangit's been brutally honest about this squad that Ten Hag's going to gonna get. And it's 
Yeah. I think I think the last I don't know how many months Ragnit's been in charge now. However many months, he has actually just been there not to get them to achieve success, but to go. Mm. I'm going to put you under a position where I'm going to make a tactic where you have to work hard. Yeah. And those yeah. who don't follow it, and you know, if the results show that people aren't going to work hard, yeah, that's who we got to get rid of. That's it. That's it. And Ten Hag, Ten Hag, and a lot of people are saying at the moment he's not a proven manager or anything. I'm like, oh. Yeah, you might be in the the, the, the Dutch league, but oh, was it the Eredivisie? Er, Eredivisie, but yeah. I mean, I'm not being funny, but how how are you telling me that Ajax hasn't had one of the best academies in the exactly. world? Exactly. I mean, that's the what. Yeah, Ten Hag will guarantee that he'll be bringing through youth players at Man United, and they've that's, got a Man United have got a great youth set. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. some. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to go off a tangent on Forest, but James Garner. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I was saying to someone yesterday. I, uh, it's a, a coach that I know, um, and it's not not. Not Ryan. It's not Ryan, but but he has um, been doing it for years, and he says to me that he thinks that James Garner isn't quite prem ready, but a mm. lot of these players with the right coaching from managers like Steve Cooper, Ten yeah. Hag, who is yeah. a great coach, yeah. not just managers, coaches, then they're going to do well because Absolutely. obviously, if a manager is just someone who's putting the team out, different different yeah. things between that and a coach. Exactly. You I know? mean, you look at the Arsenal setup now. I mean, you've got. Three players that came through this season. You've got Bukayo Saka, Neil Smith Rowe, Gabriel Martinelli. They're pretty much our core now. They're players that we rely on. They're the players that we go to, and they're all under 22 years old. And that's yeah, they well yeah, Smith Rowe and Saka came through the youth setup, and Martinelli's a young player. I mean, it's it's good to see that that we're trusting these players. And I think that's underrated what, though. Heavily underrated younger players are. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and we pretty much built our team around them. So, yeah. And it, this is the toughest thing, though. It's like, well, they're youth players. They don't have the experience of someone like I don't know Ronaldo. I mean, who has had oh, a I good mean, season for me. Fair play to Ronaldo. You know, he's he's a, the ultimate professional. I mean, you can always rely on Ronaldo. Hmm. But I mean, is is he going to be there next season? I'm not sure. I don't know whether Ten Hag can build anything around him. I'd I'd like to think he would be. I don't know Ten Hag's tactic as much. Yeah. Um, but I I hope he does keep him because I think, you know, whatever the media's said and stuff, and I think I've probably said in the past that I don't particularly think that Ronaldo um, was doing United any favours. Mm. You know, obviously at a point I thought, okay, there's a bit of ego in him as well. But I can see now from watching the Man U that actually... It isn't him that's the problem. No, absolutely. It's a not. group of a lot of individuals. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think ten. We could see twelve players leave this season. I think that's what. Yeah, that's what they're saying. I think there's going to be a lot of outs and there's also going to be a lot of ins. But it'll be around. I imagine it'll probably be around ten out, six or seven in. I think because obviously players are coming to the end of their contracts, aren't they? And mm. yeah, you've got to get rid of Deadwood. But it's what players you bring in. And yeah, every name is going to be flouted around for Man United at the minute, so we can't really rely on anything. But it's it's hard when you've got owners that are looking at the improvement of the brand, and you've got staff who are looking at an improvement of the team, mm. because they're thinking, what sponsorship deal are we going to sign now? And then what? And then the team's thinking, well, what player are we going to sign now? Or what tactic are we going to go? What manager? Yeah. And it's like, well, you've got a bit of a clash there. You need an owner that actually wants to improve the team, which That's will it. then improve the brand, not two yeah. conflicting, you know, ideas. Exactly. And it's like you're gonna. Uh, this is the problem, isn't it? You're going to be missing out on Champions League football for sure this year. So that's a massive dip in profit for the owners. So, mm. yeah, 
Yeah, this is why it's so important. I, as an Arsenal fan, this is why it's so important that Arsenal actually get into the top four this season because you know we need to actually attract that type of player that wants to play in the Champions League. And yeah, too big. many clubs now are just going off their past though. They're saying, "Well, why didn't yeah. you come and join us? Because we've got a big history." It's like, well. We don't yeah, want to we, go to Yeah, that's what we did have a big history. Yeah, but everybody's like, well, what about, oh, I want to go to Man City or Liverpool now. Best absolutely. team in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are absolute streets ahead of us at the minute. Mm. Of any team in the English Premier League, they are streets ahead. Yeah, and I think as well, there's. Um, it's sad to see the demise of not just Man U and Arsenal, but clubs like Barcelona. Although, Barcelona, I think, under Xavi are doing, not doing terrible. And I think no, they've, got, yeah. they've got a great youth development. Yeah, I mean, the Spanish setup always has great youth players coming out of it. I mean, yeah, Barcelona, Real Madrid. I mean, you're going to get you're going to get players there that, you know, play a different way to English players, yeah. but they know how to keep a ball. It's like it's drilled into them from the get-go. So. And, and it's not... And, and over there, it just seems as though there's a bit less ego to it. It's just you're playing football. Yeah. You want to play football because you're passionate about football. Whereas here, it's like... Or play football, make some money, wear yeah, nice clothes, and it's like, yeah, yeah. oh, is that the only motivation you've got? Yeah, because if that's the only motivation you've got, it's well, yeah, it's going to end badly, isn't it? I mean, I think most of them ended up at Manchester United by the looks of it. So, mm. yeah. sorry about that. There is a train going past, so it was <laughs> sorry about this. But um, but yeah, I, I see champions. So when I go to commentary on on a Saturday, I see all the championship players coming mm. through. They've got a Gucci bag under their shoulder. They've got, um, and, and to me, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. They've got the brand new designer clothes on, brand new shoes. They've got all jewellery, watches, whatever. Yeah. And I just think, this isn't a fashion show. No, you're like, meant to be playing a game of football and winning three points. I mean, yeah, fair mm. enough. You've got your phone and some of these guys, I'm seeing them going on the coach and they've got MacBooks and, yeah. and bloody iPads everywhere. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah. What? This wouldn't have happened, let's say, 10, 15 years ago. But again, culture's changed, hasn't it? And this is what it is now. But back in, let's say, mid-90s, when Vieira and Keane were in charge of the clubs, yeah. this would not be happening. No. If Roy Keane spotted an iPad, I imagine he'd be lobbing it out of the bus window, wouldn't he? So, it, But it's different times, isn't it? You know, Obviously, Keane's managerial career, he's got... I think he got Sunderland promoted um, yeah, I mean, a few he's, years yeah, ago. But he's, he's had a sketchy career. I mean, he's, yeah. It's been patchy. It's just not been... When they yeah. were at Forest with Martin O'Neill, it was like, it was feel good when they signed. And then after That's that, it, it was a bit like, yeah, what is this? Yeah. You know, inconsistency. But do you think that Man City and Liverpool, obviously best teams in the world right now, where would they be without Pep and Klopp? Would they still be world-class teams? That's a good question. That is a good question. Because they've probably got the two best managers in the world right now. Hmm. So it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I think they've just... Maybe they got lucky, but they both just gelled in extremely well there. And obviously they've got very good ownership. So, yeah, I don't know. Good question. Good yeah, question. It's, it's a hard thing to think about, though, because you think... Because we do have to think about it, because there's going to come a point where Man City and Liverpool are going to lose Klopp and Pep. Absolutely. And, yeah, and yeah. I don't, yeah. in my view, I don't see Klopp extending further than what he's already extended. Um, What's he up to now? 20, 27, I 27. think. So that's yeah. still five years, yeah. I think, as far as I'm aware, because um, he was only on until 24. Yeah. But I think yeah. now he's on 27. So I think after that, I think five years, that's quite a long time. Oh, it's a very, I mean, for a football manager, yeah, I mean, what, when did he start? When did he start at Liverpool? It's probably... 
Oh, there we go. <laughs> Another train coming. Um, I don't know. I can't remember when he started, actually. Um, so it'll probably come to like a 10-year regime, pretty much, which is crazy for a football manager now. I mean, that's... <laughs> Sorry about this, guys. There is a train going past. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's yeah. an, an impressive stint at a club. Uh, yeah. You just don't get that anymore, do you? Managers no. Managing for that long. And especially, like... After all that success, because some would argue, okay, he's won the Premier League, Champions League. I don't know if he's won. Has he won the AFL Cup or FA Cup? He might have done. Um, yeah. I think he won. Yeah. Did he win the... I can't remember which one he won. Did he, didn't he win one against Chelsea not long ago? Yeah, they won the EFL, didn't they? EFL. EFL. So, yeah. for me, I mean, he's achieved nearly everything that an English manager can. Exactly. Yeah. So, some would argue, well, why don't you just go and do it somewhere else? Like, you know, Ancelotti, he's obviously yeah. won. Well, he's won it in, yeah. Six different countries now, isn't it? Yeah, UK, Spain, Italy. sorry, England, Spain, yeah. Italy, France. Yeah, Germany. I'm to say, did he do Germany? He's probably done it in Germany. He's probably, he's probably, he's probably manager of Bayern. Yeah, yeah, he's probably manager. Yeah, it's crazy to think how many teams he's managed. But there's obviously great teams, Man City and Liverpool. They've got great coaching staff. Yeah, great recruitment. You know, That's, yeah, of course, yeah. Absolutely, they 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 have got the best of the best, and yeah, like I said, everyone else is light years behind them at the minute. But it's investing sensibly. That's what's got them in front. Because to me, it seems as though Man City, Liverpool investing sensibly. I think Chelsea could be classed in there as well. I think they're investing quite sensibly. I mean, I don't think buying Romelu Lukaku for that much was sensible. Well, no, and they're in serious trouble now, aren't they? Because obviously Abramovich is. He's had to, He's going to have to sell up because of, yeah, being a complete arsehole, basically, um, in shorter words. But yeah. So, what do you think the future of Chelsea is now? Do because I think they're a fairly obviously. You know, I know that result against Everton today certainly wasn't what they hoped for. No, but they're. I'd say they're quite a consistent club in terms of how their seasons go. Absolutely, but I think it. It will all depend on who's buying Chelsea, what their aim is. I mean, I can't remember who is buying Chelsea, but they could easily fall away from Man City, Liverpool, and that gives someone else an opportunity to get in. I mean, I think the closest team to getting in is probably now Arsenal. Mm. I, I think I've always been uh, Arteta. I wouldn't say, I don't know, I, I never trusted his system as much, but I think he is getting there with it. Mm. I think mean, he's been given time, which is always a good thing. And he's brought his own players in. He's got I can see a, a system there, I can see a tactic, I can see what he wants to do, which is good. So I think I don't know. I think Chelsea it, it depends what happens with um what's he called? Tuchel. Yeah. He he could easily leave at the end of the season, I think. I think see, someone could get him quite easily. I wanted to see him to go to um Man U, to be honest. I did want yeah. him to go to Man U because yeah. I thought with the Abramovich thing, does that mean he's going to lose his you know, contract and then he's just going to jump ship and go, well, I'm not doing this? Yeah. I would have liked to have seen him gone to Man U, but I think um, I am. I did want Ten Hag. I did want Ten Hag. At first, I heard that Louis Enrique may have been a possibility and I thought I quite like the idea of Louis yeah. Enrique, but I think Ten Hag... I think Ten Hag is quite exciting. I think he's got, he's got a good philosophy. Hmm. He likes attacking football. He likes bringing youth through, which is what United needs. I think it, uh, from what I've heard, he's pretty strict as well, which is definitely what United need. Hmm. So I think he probably is the right man for the job. But again, he is walking into 
arguably the biggest job in football. So definitely, if his temperament's right, he'll handle it. If not, then he could just be a another David Moyes, pretty much, and that's. Yeah. That's how United seems to have been at the minute. But David Moyes is an incredibly underrated manager. I mean, yeah, you know, he, he did just, at Everton. Absolutely, it just didn't work out at United for him. Yeah. I think Ferguson tipped him up to be the next best thing and it didn't work out for him. But mm. yeah, he did a fantastic job at Everton. You know, he's in the Europa League semi-finals with West Ham. He's not a bad manager at all. I just think United big was too big for him at that point in his career. But it's hard when you're a manager to kind of go... Okay, Sir Alex Ferguson, perhaps one of the greatest managers of all time, has I mean, said, yeah, you're going to be yeah. this much time, and you think, wow, if I can't someone's turn it offering down. you the United job, you're not turning it down. You can't turn it down. You can't turn it down. And, no. And obviously, there's big finances involved, of course, so he's going to think, okay, that's good. But then it's also the idea of, well, you're managing the biggest club in the world, yeah. Yeah. commercially, reputation, whatever. Um, but obviously, that didn't quite work. And I'll give Arsenal their dues as well because they. They haven't really had that many managers, have they, since Wenger? So, uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, you think there was only a couple of years gap between Ferguson and Wenger leaving. Yeah. Let's yeah. So United have been through. So we've got David Moyes. We've had Louis Van Gaal. Yeah. We've had Mourinho. Ollie's at the wheel. <laughs> and Ragnick. Ragnick. So that's five. Arsenal have had Emery and Arteta, and Damn that's it. it. Yeah. So when when did Sir Alex Ferguson leave? Was it two thousand and fifteen? So he left the last time United won. Oh, thirteen the championship. Yeah, the Premier League. Yeah. Two thousand and thirteen. Wow. Yeah. So that's nine. No, nine years ago. Mm. And they've gone through yeah. five managers. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and that was when United. Snaffled Van Persie <laughs> off of Arsenal, wasn't it? Oh, that was great though. I remember the day that he signed. Mm. I remember it. It was I'm the sure best day yeah. ever. Yeah. Because he was a proven goal scorer and you will not see a striker like Van Persie. I don't think he, he was, was. Yeah. How many was he getting a season? 20 odd? 20 odd, 30 Pretty odd? Much. Yeah. Yeah. Every season. And when United can buy an Arsenal captain, it's, yeah. I mean, that, I think that, I think from what I, I remember reading a story years ago that he actually wanted to stay. I think he came out and said he wanted to stay at Arsenal, but they didn't want him there for some. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre. Well, I mean, it, and the price tag wasn't enough, surely. To well, it was it about twenty million or something. I think you know, thirty million. Thirty million. Thirty million. Crazy. So you're telling me that you can pay now? And don't get me wrong, I like Harland. He's a young and incredible striker, and he's definitely proven. Yeah. But yeah. you're telling me that you can make 130 million for Haaland, mm. but you you're paying 30 million for Van Persie. Yeah, I mean I like Haaland, but I think I'd have Van Persie over Haaland in his prime at the moment. Definitely, definitely. For me, anyway. I mean, obviously, I don't think Haaland's really in his prime yet. No, I think he's got a long, still a few years to go. Yeah, I think you add Haaland to the mix at City, they're going to be unstoppable. I think mm. he'll bring you an extra 25, 30 goals a season. Because by the sounds of it, I think Jesus is probably on his way out. So they want an out and out. I think Arsenal. Forward. I think Arsenal are buying. Yeah, him. I mean, I think he's. This is it. I mean, we're we're at that time of the year where everyone's linked to everyone. So <coughs> I'm not holding out any hope of signing Jesus. And to be honest, I wouldn't take him at Arsenal. Would you not? I, no, I think there's better strikers out there. Who would you have at Arsenal? Who would I have at Arsenal? Yeah, that's a very good question. Someone who can finish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Darwin Nunes is being linked to everyone. 
from He's Benfica. A great player. He is a great player. But I've seen players like how Felix come from Portugal and not perform in the top league. So I'm not sure. I'd want someone more proven, to be honest with you. I'd probably say someone from the Premier League. Who that is, I'm not sure. I mean, I heard Kane was an Arsenal fan in his time, so really? I'll take him back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that, he's an Arsenal fan, but he plays for... But then again, Jamie Carragher's an Everton fan, isn't he? He is, um, yeah. And he plays for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. I never understood that. No. I never get that, because if I was a pro well, player... We, know, know. We, know, we could never understand him anyway, could we? Oh, so, no. Well, was... we don't know what he's saying all the yeah. time. No, yeah. probably spit us if we try, but I... Um... <laughs> no, I, I, I... If I was a pro player, I'd never go to Derby. I've never been... I've been to Pride Park, I think, once... Even if they offered you more money? even No, I wouldn't go. Are you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> Look, he's Are trying to sure? sign me up now. No, I'd never go. I'd never go. I don't I don't like Derby. As, and that's not me being a, an arse or anything. I'm just... I don't... You know, and, and this season, I felt sorry for the Derby fans. Mm. Um, and I've definitely been a Forest fan that hasn't just gone, oh, well, you can go down and whatever, sod you. It's yeah. a case of... It's sad what's happening. It is sad. It is. It is. I mean, I think, you know, the Forest-Derby rivalry, it's been great for the past few seasons, hasn't it? Both been in the same league. Mm. It's a great <clears> match. So, but obviously, I think, yeah, Derby are going one way and Forest, by the looks of it, are going another. I mean, that's it. It's sensational. I remember I got the call and they were like, right, we want you to go and do this thing at Forest. And every week, every Saturday, I was like, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm going to enjoy it because I'm thinking Forrester 18th, 19th at this point. I'm like, yeah. why do I want to go and report on us losing every week? Exactly. And, and since then, Forest have ne- I've never watched Forest lose at home for no. since December. So I've been to nearly every home game and I've not actually seen them lose at home. Yeah. So it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's wicked. So just um, but yeah. We'll uh, catch up. This is part one, and we'll be back for part two in a minute. And welcome to part two. Now, uh, we had to have a slight uh, break to the loo, so we are back now. We were talking about um, Forest, a little bit about Derby as well, um, and about that kind of stuff. So, um, on to the next bit. Do you think, and I'm, I want you to give me a, a timeline, and obviously it's quite difficult to give me a timeline, Yeah. how long do you think it will be before we see... Manchester United and Arsenal, or one or each one as an individual. Yeah. When do you think they'll be back to possibly top two football? Top two football, or you know, all Man United top four. How long? I think United's going to take a long time. I think just because the Ten Hag's going to need transfer windows, so that's probably going to give him five or six to get the players that he needs in. So we're probably looking at at least. Four or five years for Man United to even be considered to be considering for a title hmm. or top two. Arsenal, I mean, <laughs> it says it all that I'm happy with top four at the minute. Yeah, I think everyone says Arteta's fixed the defence. I don't think he has quite yet. We're still conceding forty a season, which is far too much if you want to be considered for title contenders. Hmm. So, again, he's going to need probably at least another two or three seasons. But then it's like, like you said, like, if Pep and Jurgen Klopp are still going to be there, I think City is going to march on and on and on. 
And there's no stopping them. There probably isn't any stopping them. I think they, yeah. It could be a two-way title for years to come. Yeah. Wow. So to think it's only Liverpool and Man City battling it out. And obviously, Chelsea, they beat Man City, uh, didn't they, in the Champions League? Did they? Did they? Did they? Did they? Who did Chelsea play in the Champions League last year? And I'm sure it was Man City. Who did they beat in the Champions League? Who did they beat in the Champions League? This is where Google comes to our friends. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have a quick search up now because I thought it was Chelsea Man City in the final. But I don't know who it was. I'm sure it came down to penalties, didn't it? Possibly. Man City in the Champions League. Right, let's search this up. So, yeah, it was Chelsea v Man City in the Champions League last year. Um, And then I don't know what the score was. 1-0. It was Kai Havertz. That's when Kai Havertz became... Actually half decent. Actually half decent. Yeah. And he, because he yeah. was quite good at Leverkusen. I mean, if anybody plays FIFA in here, um, then you may have bought Kai Havertz. Yeah, yeah. You've I mean, I think everyone's good in the German league. Yeah. Everyone looks great in the German league until they come to the Premier League. But that's a shame, isn't it? That's a shame because obviously... I mean, it shows you how you have two teams in the Bundesliga. I mean, <laughs> we say that. I mean, we have two teams in the English Premier League fighting out for the title, but... Mm. I think the English Premier League is always going to be the most competitive it's a bit apart more from the championship. Because obviously if, if Man City do win, okay, they've won quite a few times. Mm. But Bayern Munich have won non-stop for 10 years. Yeah, for 10 years. 10, 10 years. years consecutively. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even PSG haven't done 10 years consecutively. No, I think no. they've done... I think they, on average, I think I looked at the stats and it said they can do two years and then somebody else wins it. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. I think Leo win it. Leo won it last Leo year. Leo won it last year, yeah. So, and I think PSU won it this year, but even then, I mean... They, they still lose some ridiculous games, don't they? So, Look into the French League and don't... Because obviously, I think the only team, time that people really ever watch PSG or hear about them mm. is Champions League football. Yeah, yeah. When That's else it. do you hear about them? Yeah. And you'd say you'd have to say that they're a massive failure in terms of you know, Champions League credentials. I mean, they are were poles apart from everyone else. But that makes me think that it isn't just the owners that are helping Man City. Because I know a lot of people go, wow, the owners are great, they're giving them all this money. But it's like, look how much money they've given to PSG. Yeah. And they're not spending yeah. it sensibly. When you've got Neymar, Mbappe and Messi, and Messi on your wage budget, uh, yeah, that's it a lot of money. It shows that Pep has made a difference mm-hmm. at Man City because of the fact that he is Pep. Yeah. It's not just because of the money. Well, that's it. I mean, he's brought through players. I mean, we saw Phil Foden, probably one of the brightest sparks in world football at the minute. I mean, he's yeah, he's unreal, unreal. Probably one of the best. So. I think he will be become the best midfielder under under Guardiola's guidance. He will be, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I, I do question if if Guardiola wasn't there, how would De Bruyne, Foden, and all of those players play in a different tactic? tactical situation yeah great players all of them and I know that they'll all succeed wherever they go but I mean you look at I mean Chelsea sold De Bruyne didn't they Chelsea sold Mohamed Salah yeah it's it's funny that isn't it I mean yeah look look at them now it's see the difficult thing is though it's like it's hard to see potential in a player that's playing crap yeah you know because obviously if, if I mean Obviously, De Bruyne didn't really get many games for Chelsea. I mean, that's always been the problem with Chelsea is that they have far too many players on their books. 
I mean, I think they've, at one point of, of the season, they had about 20, 25 players loaned out. That's crazy. It is crazy. It shouldn't crazy. be allowed in my It opinion. shouldn't be allowed, no. no. I wonder why it is. I wonder why that is, because they shouldn't be allowed to have that ability to loan out 30, 20, 30 players a season. Yeah, you and, these, yeah. and the problem is that these players are always on loan. They never get a first-team game for Chelsea. They're just constantly on loan all the time. It's like by it's like having a rent car, yeah, and you just yeah. never you never leave it, but it's just always on rent. It just That's doesn't it. make sense, does it? And yeah, I don't quite know where I think I'll see Chelsea next year. I'd like to say they'll finish top four this year, um, and I think they probably will. Um, but I mean, they should. I mean, the squad they've got is strong enough to do that. But it all depends on you know, yeah, who's buying them, who they're going to bring in, if they have to sell people. You know, it's a vicious cycle, football. And things well, they've already lost quickly. Rudiger. They've already lost Rudiger. Yeah, Rudiger's going on a free, isn't he, to Madrid? So, yeah, that's one gone. Probably their best centre-half. Yeah. Him at Man United, for me, I think that should have been Man United's priority, trying to get him in some way. But Yeah, yeah. It's how you entice someone who's just won a Champions League to go to a club that can't even get exactly. into the Champions League. Exactly, it could be a Maguire-Phil Jones lineup next season. So, oh, that's it. But that is the, the most classiest lineup ever, isn't it? It is. Phil Jones and Maguire, yeah. the very best players that there is. There is, yeah. But to kind of wrap it all up, I want to kind of discuss... Do you, what and I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to word this now, but do you think that the the old style of football and the old culture of football, um, in regards to maybe not necessarily as strict as Roy Keane, mm. but having more respect and feeling more passion, yeah, will that ever return, or are we now in a deep dark I spiral? Think we're in a different era now, aren't we? I mean, those days are long gone. I think. You know, if Roy Keane caught someone with a mobile phone in their hand yeah. during, you know, training session or, you know, manager speaking, it would be, yeah, he'd have got rid of it. I just think times have changed so much now that, you know, players are built up on, you know, oh, you know, we need to update our social media page, you know. Harry Maguire's coming out with sorry comments on his Insta and stuff like that all the time. I don't know. I think that's the way football is now. It's a different, yeah. Different culture now. Isn't it going to destroy clubs as well? Because, you know, financially there's so much strain on how much players cost and how, you know, and compared to how much the club is making, it's going to become yeah. harder for fans to watch it because it'll become more expensive. And obviously, well, you lose that connection with players, I think. You know, players back in the day, although they, although they were on a good wage, they weren't on, let's say, 200, 300,000 no. pounds a week. So at the end of the day, you are just kicking a football. Yeah. I always thought there should have been a wage cap on players, but that's never going to happen because, you know, football is one of the most watched sports in the world. And, you know, these players are worth millions. So we're likely, to, I think, in my opinion, we're likely to see huge clubs go into administration over mm. the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. A scary, that's a scary prospect to think that there'll be big clubs going yeah. down. And obviously, obviously, Derby, I know that, they are in the midst of a takeover, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. By Chris Kirchner, who's blocked me on Twitter, by the way. Just thought I'd mention that. Um, I don't know why he blocked me on Twitter. It's because I sang a song about him, I think. But um, <laughs> Derby's going down with a homophobic yank. Yeah, you can hear that. Um, but yeah, no, well, it's, like, yeah, that's probably why I blocked you. Yeah. It's probably yeah. why. But he's yeah. blocked hundreds of fans. But but that's yeah. So. I can see more clubs going into administration because yeah. the amount of money it costs just for everything already. Yeah, um, and it has, that's the point. If you have a poor owner in charge who doesn't really know what he's doing, then you know these things can happen. And, you know, it's a, yeah, I say yeah, liquidated, uh, gone. 
from the football world. It's it's sad, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think they've they've released a statement saying they're back in some respect. Obviously, yeah. they're not in the same league. Yeah. Um, but they are building back up, and the yeah. grass has been mowed now, and it's not a fucking jungle. Um, Good, so. Yeah. But it's much better. Um, but it's just it's horrible to see that the culture of football is now destroying teams as well as players, you know. That's it. So Absolutely, yeah. But Yeah, I mean, all the best for Forrest. And obviously it's a massive game on Tuesday, isn't it? I, Probably the biggest game in how many years? I, th- I think it's nearly 20 years. Nearly 20 years. I think the last time yeah. we were in the Prem was... The 90s, the late 90s, I think it was 96, Brian yeah. Clough. Brian Clough, yeah. I think it, it was 29 years, in fact, no, the exact number I think would be 29 years ago today, Brian Clough managed his last Forest game. Yeah. And then I think they had a brief stint in the Prem with Frank Clark. Yeah. Um, but I don't know other than that. But hey, I really do hope we win. I think we've got the minerals to do it. I mean, we've conceded it's gonna two be, It's going to be a very good match. It's going to be a very good match. It is, but I think. I, I do think we're going to do it. I, I do yeah. think we will. Because you don't want, like I said, you don't want the agony of the playoffs. You don't want it to come down to, you know, we should have made this automatically. My heart can't take that. No, you know, and Forrest's, obviously Forrest's record in the playoffs is sketchy. Sketchy? Sketchy, We've to never been to least. Wembley. We've never no. been to Wembley. No. Ever. We've never, yeah. ever been to Wembley. So, but we'll see. Um, yeah. So, if you're listening on Tuesday, uh, good luck to you. You know, yeah. we're hoping Fing- that you wake fingers up crossed though. fingers crossed but anyway that was episode 78 with uh, with Jimmy Groves and uh, we talked about football Man United Arsenal the culture of football and a bit of Roy Keane as well so you can't get any better than <laughs> you that can't can beat you? Roy Keane. so thank you all for listening and uh, don't forget to share like do what you want to do and uh, make sure you tell all your friends did you enjoy that episode of the Batball Podcast well if so share follow like do what you need to do we would really, really appreciate it. Do tune in to the next episode. If you're listening on Thursday, the next episode's on Sunday. And if you're listening on Sunday, the next episode's on Thursday. But any day that you are listening, take a listen to all of our more than 50 episodes available and do share them and let us know what you think. Thank you for listening.